Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Technology is all around us, making possible things we'd have never imagined just a couple of decades ago. Smartphone apps enable medical care on demand, while virtual reality makes it possible to train employees to work in a chemical plant or recreate the Battle of Okinawa. It's a little scary and very exciting, especially when you consider that a lot of great developments are happening right here in South Louisiana. Joining me today to discuss this is Vashon Kraft, Director of Community Relations at Ready Responders, a New Orleans-based startup that expanded into the Baton Rouge market earlier this year, bringing with it its unique service of on-demand healthcare to your door. It's a sort of 21st century version of the old-fashioned country doctor who makes house calls. Ready Responders dispatches medics on demand to provide non-emergency care, then offers follow-up care with nurses and physicians' assistants. It's all done via a smartphone app or on your computer using software the company developed. Vashon is a lifelong Louisianan who joined the company after spending more than a decade running various in-home care, care agencies in the private sector. Vashon believes quality health care should be available to anyone, regardless of race or creed, and Vashon, you're making that happen. So thanks so much for joining me on Out to Lunch today and telling us about your company. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. Joining me and Vashon at the table is Cody Louvier of King Crow Studios, a local software development firm that specializes in virtual reality and video game development. Virtual reality isn't just a gimmick, it's a tool that King Crow is using to create training experiences and platforms for businesses, customizing its solution for each client. The company was founded in 2015 and in a short time has grown to include clients like LED Fast Start, ExxonMobil, the Department of Defense, and the Alliance Safety Council. In addition to running his own tech company, Cody also works with the Louisiana Technology Park to develop and retain the digital media workforce available in our area. Before striking out on his own, Cody worked for another local software firm here in Baton Rouge, Pixel Dash. He is a native of Lake Charles, and Cody, thanks so much for being here today on Out to Lunch. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Vajan, I'm going to start with you. Tell me, where did the idea for Ready Responders come from, and, and how does it work? Okay, our uh, CEO uh, happened to be vacationing overseas, uh, saw a concept where um, individuals from the community become medical professionals and service those individuals in their village that uh, may need medical care, non-emergent medical care. Uh, he then took that concept to the States where he realized that our impoverished and underserved communities would greatly benefit from our care. So, so basically dispatching medics to make non-emergency medical visits to people's homes. Absolutely. Um, as we all know that uh, our emergency rooms and our 911 operations are inundated with calls that are non-emergent. Uh, that uh, in turn 
uh, creates a log jam in our emergency rooms, and it also slows down re response times for our uh, emergency professionals to get out to emergency calls. So is it, um, there's just like a staff of people kind of sitting around waiting to go out on calls? I mean, it seems like it would just be very expensive to provide this care. No, no, it's very, very affordable. Um, it's in really our uh, medics, we like to say that we're on demand because our medics have uh, regions that they cover. So for those individuals, who, uh, for an individual that calls in for a, uh, a house call, they will get a medic that is nearby. Uh, the medic will, uh, has a dedicated region that they cover. And so when you give a call in and you're giving an assessment over the phone, the medical dispatcher will then uh, dispatch the proper medical professional closest to you out to your home. And then the medic will do like an initial assessment, like a triage, and then follow up with a, a doctor or a nurse practitioner? Absolutely. You will be able to, uh, when a medical when a medical professional is dispatched out, he will be able to uh, take vitals, he or she will be able to take vitals, uh, triage you, and then have the ability to connect to uh, our nurse practitioner or MD to uh, give further treatment, write scripts, and uh, conduct a treatment plan. Fantastic. And they can actually, like you say, write scripts. Can they give you a, a shot or something if you need it right there on the spot? or? Do they have to send you into a real doctor's office at that point? Yes, yes. So anything invasive, you would have to uh, go to the doctor and or urgent care. But for all your common uh, colds, cough, flus, uh, fever, uh, skin rash, abscess, things of that nature, all of those things that are non-emergent, we're able to uh, provide care on spot. Wow. Okay, I want to dig some more into this because I think the whole business model is fascinating. But, Cody, I want to bring you into the conversation. Tell me about King Crow Studios and, and what made you want to branch out on your own and really specialize in the virtual reality and gaming niche. So I'm a, a nerd at my <laughs> core. Um, I, I grew up playing video games and tabletop games and, and all kinds of different games with my friends and family and I did not realize that we had a video game community in Louisiana until I moved to Baton Rouge a little bit over a decade ago and learned about the Louisiana Technology Park. So it took me some years to get around to going there. You know, I'm from business management, offices, service industry, and over time as I learned more about the environment, I was told about these video gamers who were operating out of the tech park. So I reached out and I met with the executive director and the CEO and a couple of the other executives and we talked and it was a great experience after that. I basically had numerous different game ideas and what I was doing is learning the business of video games. So I received private funding and then started my own company and hired a few people. Uh, what I'm sure any startup will tell you is you learn an exceptional amount in your first year. <laughs> right. Uh, positive, negatives, and everything in between. And since then, what we identified is Louisiana, as we know, has a beautiful and vibrant culture. We are very talented. We are exceptionally creative. Um, we are spoiled when we go other places versus what we have here in, in our home. So what we didn't have in the gaming industry were business-minded people to help the artists and programmers understand that their piece of art, that their magnum opus, is actually a product to be sold on sometimes globally, you know, digitally distributed markets. So the tech park engaged me after that period of time to kind of help spur that along. Wow. So, so you're, 
working with King Crow and you're also working with the tech part. Correct. So I run King Crow Studios. That's that's my passion video game development studio. And by partnering up with the tech park is how we were able to get into the virtual reality sphere. Um, just being at that location is what introduced these opportunities to us because as a tech incubator, when people have needs, they go to the large groups of these kinds of establishments to find out, hey, do you know anyone or what's going on? And the tech park is one of the most engaged entities when it comes to entrepreneurial and we have Baton Rouge Entrepreneurship Week, and all of these things that we're doing lend to a, a community versus competitors. You said that you were a gamer, maybe still are, and Definitely. you came here and found there was a vibrant gaming community. Do you mean of, of players and participants or of designers? Because like I know when we landed EA almost probably a decade ago, that was a huge win. They're out at LSU. So there's more than just EA here, apparently, is what you're telling me. And and if we expand beyond Baton Rouge, we do have some big video game companies in New Orleans. We have video game schools in Lafayette, um, it, uh, even publishers' schools. And so there's AIE, um, and then we, that's over in Lafayette, and they focus on art and programming so people can have game development skills. What, what I will say is Mark Obanel runs the Digital Media Center at LSU, and what he's able to do, you mentioned EA, he worked there many years ago as an executive producer and he produced one of the first FIFA games that ever came out. So Mark is one of the linchpins for how successful our community has been in Baton Rouge specifically and his influence stretches out all over the state. And so what does King Crow do in terms of like developing video games? Do y'all develop a whole game or just components of it that you sell to a Bigger, and, and the virtual reality piece also. So virtual reality, it, it started off as a, going, going back to passion project. Um, I found out that Oculus, Facebook, were sending out development kits to developers. Um, I, I, with my passion for gaming, I was like, you know, I really love cooking games. I really love, you know, sci-fi and all this other kind of stuff. And I wanted to see what kind of spin I could put on it. So we started off making a virtual reality training tool for culinary institutes. Oh, and that is so cool. So not only is, is it just that, you're making gumbo. So you follow a recipe and every step, it, you know, the objects are highlighted, you cut onions, you sear sausage, you make a roux. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Now, not a full like six to eight hour roux, okay? <laughs> right, right, it's been right. gamified and there's like a little fleur-de-lis in this little bar and as you stir it, you've got to keep the fleur-de-lis in the bar so it fills up. But it's, it was something that was just really fun. And what we noticed is people were so engaged with this little thing that we made. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't too big, but it made a huge impact. And what we started doing is when people would come to the tech park, you know, as part of our, hey, look at the cool stuff we're doing, we'd show them what the game is now called is Galactic Chef. So okay. it's called that because we had a, a bug, and this is one of my favorite things that you discover during software development. While we're, we're picking up all the ingredients and we're doing these different things, the bay leaf that was added at the end, almost the second to last step, gravity wasn't affecting this bay leaf. So <laughs> as they go to place it in the pot, you, it would just start floating in midair. And the reaction that everyone had unanimously was just, it was awe, mind-blowing. <laughs> So we thought to ourselves, okay, this is too cool for us to fix. Like this isn't, this is not just a bug. This is a feature. So being the nerds we are, we combined aliens with chefs and turned it into like an Iron Chef kind of battle. 
So mixing uh, like a Jabba the Hutt and Guy Fieri into one, you know, alien. He looks like a hut, and he's got a flame shirt on and alien tribal tattoos, and he cooks wild galactic appetizers. So that started that way, and as we got more traction and we were showcasing the skills that we could we could you know provide, um, other companies started seeing what we could do. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking with Vashon Kraft of Ready Responders and Cody Louvier of King Crow Studios. We'll be right back after this very short break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Cody Louvier of King Crow Studios and Vashon Kraft of Ready Responders. Vashon, who does your software development and and I mean, do you all have people on staff, or you, or do you farm it out? And and is it only through an app, or could I go onto a laptop, or, or do you even take telephone orders? So we have an in-house uh, development team that created the app and uh, currently maintains the app. Um, and you, when you download the app, that is. That is not the only way to be able to get in contact for like with us. elderly people who don't have a smartphone or don't feel comfortable with the app. Correct. Right? So we have dedicated phone numbers, uh, both for our New Orleans and Baton Rouge areas, as well as you'll be able to uh, access via uh, ReadyResponders.com. The the numbers that for our Baton Rouge location um, is two two five four zero one twenty two twenty two. And our number for the New Orleans location is 504-608-3131. So people can can just call up. Yes. Absolutely. So, um, and, and how many people are, are work for your company? How many people on the tech side? And then the medics, do you just contract with them or are they actually employees or how does that work? Right. So on the tech side, we have a team of about four or five individuals that uh, maintain our uh, tech uh, properties, intellectual properties. Uh, as far as the medic goes, we have, um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, 15 full-time medics and an additional 20 to 25 part-time medics. Interesting. Yes. And how much how much does it cost if you want to access the, the services? So for those individuals that are covered by Medicaid and Medicare, it is free of charge. For those individuals with private insurance, it is contingent on whatever your deductible is for you're covered with. Gotcha. And those individuals who may not be covered by an insurance plan is $180 out of pocket. So if you, know, if you have no insurance, it's $180? Yes, absolutely. Interesting. So so your company had to go out and negotiate these deals with, with the carriers and, and the state? Absolutely. absolutely. Was it difficult? I mean, was it a hard sell or were they open to the idea or how did that go? I mean, they, they were open to the idea. As you uh, noted earlier, the concept is profound. Uh, being able to go into communities that can't access quality health care uh, and uh, be able to provide care for those individuals, um, they were chomping at the bit to be able to, uh, to, to allow those services for their contingent. That is so interesting. Cody, so how would a training go, for instance? And do you all actually do the training, or you all, you all would just develop the software that they then put in their little Google glasses and everybody goes in a room with their little headsets on and goes through the process? Every client has different needs. Hardware platforms can be completely different. As of this day, we have VR headsets that require no sensors. You can have a 
So uh, normally when you're dealing with virtual reality, you have little cameras that you set up in parts of the room that are looking down at the headset and the controllers that you have. That's part of the technology that tracks your movement and makes sure what you're seeing is accurate in the headset. Now, without those sensors needing to be on walls and being embedded in the headset, you then can just put the headset on, walk to the area you want to do VR in, and you're there. It's so much simpler now. Not, not only is it simpler in that form, normally you have to connect this to a very powerful computer, something that would be able to run high-end games. Now, all of this is self-contained in different headsets. So you'll see people at the airport, at the bus stop, all over the place, waiting rooms, and they've just got a headset on, and it has like a six-hour battery life, but you don't need any kind of external power. It's completely wireless. It'll run just like, I mean, think of it as the most powerful Game Boy you're ever going to have in your entire <laughs> life. It's an amazing piece of equipment that allows us to find out what the needs of the client are, match the right hardware, and then go from there. But we do make the training. Now, when I, when I say make, normally like they're... Like you'll produce the actual content? and We say. work with the clients. They normally have their structure of, here's all the steps that we need to accomplish this specific training. But what they start to understand as they work with us is what we can expand upon that. It's not just the, check this box, do this thing. It's adding in sounds. What if a plane goes overhead? You know, little things that not only make the environment more immersive, but can make the training more immersive and have better outcomes. But with on-the-job training, you have to take people out of, out of operation, equipment out of operation so someone can train on it. You don't have those additional costs with virtual reality training. So VR training has 75% plus retention for a normal user. The only thing that is better than VR training is you actually teaching someone yourself and that has a 90% retention plus. And you can't really do that with hundreds of employees. Exactly. Right? I mean, every one of them can't teach each other, but <laughs> the way it works is not only are they, they retaining the information better, because our workforces are adapting to meet modern, you know, uh, modern workers, and that age demographic is normally younger. As people are trying to get into new industries, Virtual reality training is no longer seen as obligatory training and something that is fun, exciting, new, and they want to do it. For Sean, with the, with the providers that you all contract with, uh, I'm sure you vet them to make sure that they're licensed and have, have gone through the proper training, but uh, how do you all recruit them to come work for you? Is it a hard sell? Uh, no, not really. Uh, so the... the Medics and EMTs, uh, their, their mission is to be able to provide quality, accessible care for everyone. So um, when, you, when we are uh, out recruiting and we're explaining exactly what our services do, how we perform, they, like I said, like the insurance uh, providers, they're chomping at the bit. Um, they're, they're willing, because it's an alternative from sitting uh, in an ambulance at Burger King or at McDonald's all day just waiting for an emergent call. Um, those individuals are able to impact lives, be it 
um, from the house call aspect and or our community care uh, program where we're allotted for those high utilizers, high utilizers, I apologize, are allotted 15 visits over a 90-day span where we're educating them on their nutrition education, um, their psychosocial needs, a multitude of other social services outside of their medical needs. Interesting. So how does it work? If I'm an EMT, for instance, with a Acadian ambulance, would I work for you guys on my off time? You know, and just sort of moonlight or same thing if I'm a nurse practitioner, for instance, Absolutely. that works at the local hospital. I could just pick this up as an extra gig. Absolutely. Cody, what about the tech workforce? We hear a lot about whether there are enough trained high-tech workers in Baton Rouge, and it sounds like the kind of stuff y'all are doing is so sophisticated, really. Can they do it at home, or do they, I mean, is it the kind of thing where it's a flexible, you know, appealing to millennial lifestyle kind of things? 100%. Really? Um, All the programs that we use, actually, like, we don't really take, like, a thumb drive and take it from one computer to the next to share graphical assets or programming. Everything is done via an online repository. So the artists and the programmers, when they get their stuff done using the the engine, the gaming engine that we develop on, we use Unity predominantly, they just send it all to one location. Normally the, the programmers will see if there's any conflicts, make sure that everything works, but then that now exists on a cloud somewhere. So if you didn't work on Tuesday and you come in to work on Wednesday, the first thing you do is pull all of the changes on the shared project and then continue to work on it that day and then do the same thing with all of your changes at the end of the day. That can be done anywhere. And so, for instance, for King Crow, if y'all are doing a video game, say, some new little game where they're, you know, a battlefield thing, I mean, do you all come up with the concept and then sell it to, I don't know, whoever the video game companies are? Or do they come to you and say, make us a new war game or a new, you know? I'd say it's a combination of the, the two. So we have our own internal projects, and the difference is we'll have our our client projects, which you mentioned, you know, like USS Kid, we have... And that would be like the virtual reality. Correct, and gaming stuff. And gaming stuff also. We're working with a publisher in Shreveport, Asteri Networks, and we're making, we're collaboratively making a game with our team and their team. So workforce in that area, they realized what kind of talent we had in Baton Rouge, they're supplementing their needs with our team, and then, so we're working with that client. When it also comes to VR, a lot of that is them coming to us and saying, you know, what can we do? Now, they don't always know what they want to do or what they can do, but they have some kind of idea. I can talk until I'm blue in the face. You don't really understand. It, it, if I had a headset on right now, this is a beautiful room, but I could be underwater swimming with whales. I could be flying with eagles. I could be on a space station. Anything is possible with the you know, amount of time and resources we can dedicate to making that. So we do both. So I have two questions. One is, um, are you guys specifically recruiting hometown talent? And two, the safety behind the VR and covering your eyes, not being able to see, swinging, right, uh, right. You know, Thank things you. of that nature. Know, right. Like, what, what's the, uh, what, you know, how, how do you uh, combat that, rather? Gotcha. So um, as far as talent is concerned, we we want to build the workforce here. It's, you know, I'm born and raised in Louisiana. I love this place. And, and I never thought, like, I thought I was going to have to move away to do these things. So we're trying first to find the talent here. But because we're still, you know, up and coming, sometimes we have to find experienced help 
from different locations. Going back to the remote access, I've dealt with, with artists in Europe. I've dealt with programmers in Canada. Um, my main programmer that I used to work with, and he's, he's still contributing a lot, is in Georgia. And then we've even got some people in you know California that help with the business side of things because that's their bread and butter. So everywhere. And But for the core office workers, they're all Baton Rouge, you know, Baton Rouge to Lafayette to New Orleans. Um, it comes to safety, okay, so what you can't see in the headset is before you set it, or before someone even puts it on to play it, you set up a boundary in the virtual world. And that could be you walking to the edges of this room and, and pressing a button, and it sets up a virtual grid. So when you get close to that, you see a very vibrant blue grid appear that lets you know that's where the real world is. Okay. Interesting. Okay. You don't want to push past this. You don't want to swing. Now, mind you, that doesn't it's always a, stop sure people. Happy, right. right. So, so other things that we can do um, are putting up uh, like velvet ropes around a certain area. So, or or even one of the best ones is just an upraised like square, like a, like a um, I'm trying to think of an equivalent, like a rug or, or something that they can feel a texture under their feet, so they know that if their foot has gone off of that and maybe they're not paying attention visually, they're not in the safety area. There are so many implications to virtual reality that we could, that we could do a whole nother show on that. But, uh, but, but back to your company, Vishon, what kind of numbers are you all doing? How many people have you all served in, in South Louisiana? And, and uh, how, many, how many clients, I guess, over the past couple of years? So uh, we've, we've been open for a year and a half now. We right. started operations last June. Um, and we have seen thousands of uh, we've made thousands of house call at this at this point. Um, and as far as our community care program, we've enrolled we've partnered with Auctioner uh, Hospital Systems and uh, with their nurse line. Uh, so those individuals on Auctioner's nurse, nurse line will they have the ability to call our uh, dispatch team and um, say if it's a non-emergent need and we're able to uh, dispatch uh, individuals out, medical professionals out to them. And that is that number for those individuals are anywhere between 250 and 300 uh, consumers. And, and how much do these house call visits cost? I mean, if, if to the patient or to the insurance company that's picking up the tab? $180 per visit. So that's not bad. And then, yes. and then what about follow-up care? So follow-up care, uh, that's what the community care program uh, is that's gotcha. uh, that's where I was explaining earlier where we uh, where you are allotted 15 visits over uh, the 90 day span where we're not only uh, focused on your medical care we're also focused on your social determinants and it really seems like this is the future of, of health care and where yes. it's going what kind of revenue figures are y'all doing what kind of what kind of volume um, that, that honestly you know, I, yeah, honestly that, that yes what about y'all Cody can you Give us an idea of what the size of your company is. Sure. So we have uh, currently seven employees, um, mostly on the cusp of full-time, if not full-time, um, not including myself. And then we also have a few other contractors that can help us out. But we're looking at this this year has been the best year for us, um, landing the, you know, the LED Exxon contract and then working with uh, the SBIR grants for the Air Force. So we're currently, and then in addition to that, our, our development with our publisher in Shreveport. So we're looking at, you know, the first time that we've actually pulled in six figures in revenue. Um, and there is a great possibility of that expanding an extra digit in the next couple of years. Wonderful. 
well. Cody Louvier and Vachon Kraft, we hear so much negative news about companies and young people leaving Louisiana for greener pastures. It's great to see homegrown talent, especially in fields that have such a strong focus on technology right here in our own backyard. So thanks for all y'all are doing to make Baton Rouge and Louisiana a better place to be. And thanks for sharing your stories today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thank you. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Vashon Kraft of Ready Responders and Cody Louvier of King Crow Studios. You can find out more about Ready Responders and King Crow Studios by going to the links on our website, itsbatonrouge.la. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer today is Colin Peden. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino, Dave Winwood, and Ann Edelman. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsbatonrouge.la, and on our It's Baton Rouge Facebook page. You can hear this show and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsbatonrouge.la. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world.